The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to Notebook Wagering. We are ready to get after the Big Ten Conference. The host, Smitty, I'm hosting. Man, this is strange for me. Let's see if I can do this and host this. But right now, we only got a two-man show. I'm here with the great Jason, our stack guy. Uh, Maddie was on a little trip this weekend, but we do have his plays and Q is working and was going to join us, but just got called out for a job. Uh, call just came in, so he's taking care of business. Hopefully, he's staying safe, but he is going to try to come back on with us. But myself and Jason are going to tackle into the Big Ten. So what's up, Jace? How are you today, bud? Pretty good. On this lovely weekend here in Western PA. And uh, excited to get to the conference I probably follow the most, being a Penn State fan. Uh, I know these teams as well as anybody, um, you know, it's still a lot of turnover in the conference and a lot of changes going on. So it'd be interesting to walk through these teams, see how we uh, project them for this year. This is the conference I love too. I mean, I love the SEC, and I, but I love the big 10 because this is my team, Michigan, but also a lot of people that listen to the show and including you are big Penn state fans. So let's just tackle into it. Uh, let's dive in. We're going to dive in with the East so the major team is Ohio State. Any thoughts on Ohio State, Jason? Well, yeah. I mean, they've kind of pulled away uh, from everybody at this point. I think, you know, there's some good name programs underneath them at Penn State and Michigan in the East here. But um, Ohio State was just really recruiting in a performance the last few years is just on a different level at this point. They basically have their own league with Alabama, Clemson, and whoever from the SEC is hot this year. Um, so interesting, though. I mean, they got it got beat up by the NFL draft, only returning 11 guys. We kind of saw that with Alabama. We talked about that last week. Um, first time I read this in Phil Stills preview. First time since 1952, their starting quarterback will not have attempted a pass entering the season. And that's really their biggest question mark. Uh, a lot of recruiting pedigree quarterback, but not a lot of experience. And you look down the list, they're loaded everywhere. I mean, you see the recruiting numbers next to the names and it's insane how low they are. Um, and, but that's really the good thing is you got a lot of transition on the offense. They return a lot, but they don't return a quarterback. And then defensively a little more, um, from the fact that they don't have guys coming back they don't have the playmakers, at least people we know of yet. Um, and that's going to be the biggest freaking for them is, is how those guys get up to speed and they're making some tra- transitions on defense They're going to a four, two, five away from the four, three they've played trying to be a little more flexible against the pass um, kind of got torched a little last year against the pass defense wasn't as stingy as it's been in the past. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, you know, you look down to the data project, I think it's over under 11 wins. That seems about right. Um, it will be interesting to see if they get tripped up as with the young quarterbacks uh, early in the year and maybe lose a game like Oregon, maybe lose a game. Uh, that we don't even suspect them to. They kind of had that habit of losing a game on the road against a team that you kind of get shocked by. So how do you look at them this year? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is the quarterback, like you said. Quarterback hasn't really thrown. I think you even now have that young kid out of Texas that kind of is up there now, too. I think he's in the mix. Am I correct on that, Jason? Yeah, they basically pilfered a high school senior from a really good program in Texas. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know how they're going to we- break him in. I mean, he's not going to actually be on campus, I think, until the next week or two here. Um, but but- – by but all the, accounts, he's more talented than everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, top. I mean, the thing with Ohio State though is it's very quick passes, and I think they can just kind of. It does. To me, it doesn't really matter that you don't have that experience. I mean, I think it plays a big thing there, but quick throws. I think they'll get somebody in there again. Open up at Minnesota, you know, right now, 14-point favorites. Um, now that again, that might have changed, but I'm looking at something that's a little older, but. You know, that could be a tough little environment for, especially with a redshirt freshman or somebody starting that game. But like you said, they bring back Master Teague's a very good back. Um, Henderson, the five-star running back, it's in there too. Wide receivers, very deep and dangerous. You know, the thing about Ohio State to me is their secondary was a little iffy last year. If they can really kind of clean that up a little bit. I mean, again, they're they're favorites in all twelve games, and they're double they're double digit favorites in ten of them. Like Jason said, where could they you know slip up here? Well, again, maybe Oregon, but I'm looking at one right now, twelve and a half. They're minus twelve and a half in that. But I think Jason made a good point. Do they slip up somewhere on the road to a team? You know, could it be Indiana uh, in October? Maybe that could be now, again, me being a Michigan fan, they do go to Michigan, but it hasn't been pretty lately in that Um, I'm looking at season win total 11, the overs minus 115, the unders minus 105. What do you, what do you think? What do you think, Jason? What are you going with with the win total there? I think with just the uncertainty of quarterback, if you were, I would probably pass on this, but if you were going to take it, I'd actually go under, um, it's really hard to see somebody getting them, but, you know, Penn State, Michigan, Indiana are, you know, tough enough that they could, you know, and Oregon, the second week, you know, granted it's at home, it's in the horseshoe, that's going to help a lot, but you still have a quarterback who's literally got one game under his belt. I actually, from a betting perspective, I like that many in that game to start the season. Minnesota is the most experienced team coming back, not just in the Big Ten, in the country. Um, they've got some holes, but they've got a senior quarterback. They've got enough talent, you know, and they're just, they know what they're doing. They're going to be more familiar. You're changing a few systems on defense for Ohio State. You've got tons of great kids, but they were leaky in the back last year. They had guys playing out of position because they didn't trust the guys um, that were, you know, should have been playing there. The defensive line, they've recruited it well. The depth's not as good as it's been from a recruiting perspective. And the linebacker, you know, the, the same thing. The top's really good. The bottom's not as great. But, um, yeah, I would probably go under, but I wouldn't feel great about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, what I've been doing over the last couple of shows, I've been trying to do two spots here. I have them between 11 and 12, and I have more with the 11, which would be a push. I would not probably play this, but I agree with you. I think they can slip up there. I would I would play probably the under if I was going to play it, but I I think they're going to get two. I think it's going to be a push. I think they're gonna they're gonna lose one game and we'll go from there. So, all right, that is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Moving on, Indiana Hoosiers. Some people are thinking they're going to be number two. 
pretty good season last year. It was too bad their quarterback got hurt there at the very end. What do you think of the Hoosiers? I think this is the next year, which is always tricky. Um, it's a really good team. They they do bring back 17 guys, but everybody brings back 17 guys this year. That's one kind of difficult thing when you're kind of handicapping that this year. There's a lot of returning guys because of the eligibility rules. Um, you know, things really broke right really well for them last year. I mean, Penn State outgains them by 200 yards, and they beat them, you know, uh, with the great play by Penix at the end. You know, Ohio State put up – how many yards did they put up on them? 607. And, you know, Indiana took them to the end there. You know, lost by a touchdown in the horseshoe. Um, so I just think this year, even if they play just as well as they did last year, they're not going to catch all the breaks just because that seems to be how it works. Um, you know, you look at their offense, good passing offense. The run game leaves a little to be desired. Um, they don't get a, they don't have a balance from uh, an offensive perspective. So, you know, if you can get pressure on them, they're not going to be able – you're basically, if you can stay close to them, you're going to be in the game because they're never going to salt it away at the running game. Um, defensively, um, the bringing a ton of guys back, it's kind of a really always been a risk reward defense. They, they love to take away the thing you do best. Um, and they have the corners to do that. I mean, they can, if you look at their leading sack guys, they're not defensive linemen. They're all guys off the edge or off blitzes up the middle. They're linebackers and safeties because their corners are that good. And they're going to be that good this year too. So that they're going to always have a good defense. Cause when you can blitz, you can always cause problems and make things good. Penix is really the big thing. He's coming back off of the ACL. You know, he played really well last year and kind of led that team. Um, but he does have a habit of getting hurt. So can they keep him healthy? They were sacked 10 times last year, but it seems like he took way more hits than that. So I think the biggest thing for them is the offensive line has to kind of mature, play better, just to give them a little more of a run game, not expose Penix as much. And then they need to get better efforts from the defensive line because they got kind of got gashed in the run game at times last year too. Um, against good teams so I just think you know over-unders I think it's uh eight that's probably where it's at I could also see them going under just like I said just because the luck might just balance out between the two years yeah you got the over um plus 110 and the under minus 130 I agree with you you know like the quarterback tough kid like you said big things been injuries 10 and 2 as a starter guy's great you got four guys return on the offensive line, but you you said it when you discussed there just a second ago. They got bullied at times, and they did, and that's why he's hurt a lot. And, you know, they lucked out in the Penn State game last year, you know, that win. I mean, you can say whatever you want to about that. I know some Penn State fans weren't very happy. Big, big loss, Stevie Scott's gone running back. But, you know, you, you do have – some good couple wide receivers coming back. They got a good uh, tight end with uh, Hendershot coming back. Like I said, four guys on the line returning, but that's a big thing. They have to improve the line. Give him some time to throw because he gets hit a lot. And again, it's a little concerning to me with all the injuries and him coming back. I'm not sure. I think this is tough. If you look really fast at their schedule, they open up at Iowa. That's very tough. Then they get Idaho. Then here's a good one. The 18th in September at home, but they play Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to be a really, really good team. Yes, they are. So they, they're favored in eight off the line. Some of the lines I'm looking at right now. Vegas has them at eight. Very tough. Where do I have them? I'm between, again, I'm giving out two, and then I'll give you where I'm kind of leaning here. I'm saying, 
I'm saying about seven to eight wins. I probably, I might lean towards that seven wins. I don't think this team is, I love the coach and he has this program really going in the right direction. Just a little concern with the quarterback coming back with some injuries. I'm probably going to lean and take the under and take seven. Probably a no play for me, but again, if I'm going to play it, I'd probably take take the seven. Yeah, I think, I mean, under eight looks good to me just from, you do, like you said, the schedule's kind of deceivingly difficult. Idaho's a cupcake, but starting the road at Iowa, Iowa's coming back with a lot, um, you know, and they're always tough in Kinnick. Uh, Cincinnati, same thing. They're bringing everybody back. I know they lost some coaches, but um, that's still a really talented team that Fickle was built. And then Western Kentucky is going to be an interesting game. We, we probably won't talk about them because they're in the Sun Belt, but um, it was a good team two years ago. Uh, last year, they struggled with COVID and injuries and everything else. But what they did was they basically pilfered the entire Houston Baptist uh, coaching staff and uh, offensive program. And they've added a lot of explosiveness. They're in a great position. That is the week before at Penn State coming off playing Cincinnati. You know, maybe a disappointing loss right there. That is an ultimate trap game set up. I mean, I don't know if they'll lose to Western, but I would take the points there in a game that could be a shootout, especially for a team that likes to throw the ball um, as much as Western Kentucky is going to this year. Ole Miss kind of exposed them in the bowl game with that scheme that you can spread them out. You can, you know, is when they can't blitz if they're spread out, right? The air raid scheme does work well against uh, what's called Tom Allen's defense. So, uh, yeah, I just, I just, I, I don't, I think the program's on the rise. I just think this is that year where you kind of, you know, you even though you don't fall all the way down, you only fall to seven or eight it wins you're still moving up and uh, that's where indiana is going to be this year i think you know what we did again we did this last week too because we don't have them here so it gets so tough we're blown <laughs> by matt's place okay yeah Matty so nails is not gonna like us at all man hopefully a great weekend at the casino for him i hope um you know he's uh just killed it at the casino hopefully this weekend but he did give us her his place so let's get it out we're gonna go back really quick to ohio state maddie has 11 and one for ohio state and indiana seven and five little little down with us though he's kind of feeling the same way we're kind of right there with us there with the indiana the hoosiers again i think yeah i think a lot of us it's just a concern with the quarterback i think where a lot of people are leaning right there with them so sorry about that matt i have your plays up now i don't want to leave you out i know you're going to be upset but here we go and q hopefully if q comes back we'll just kind of recap his plays really um fast for you so all right Third team. I know Jason's going to get pumped up here. I know a lot of people, Dr. Brent, Betty Messiah, a lot of people are excited. Let's go into Happy Valley season win total, eight and a half over minus 125 under plus 105. Penn State Nittany Lions. What do you have, Jason? I, as a Penn State fan, I'm probably going to irritate all the other Penn State fans on our podcast listening nation um i just nervous about this team um you know a lot of guys coming back 16 returning you know seven on each side two both specialists return you know james franklin's built it up lots of talent especially the skill positions the running back room is probably as good as anybody's uh the wide receivers played really well last year especially as the season went on um and even at the tight end position when they lost firemouth the, the young kids kind of stepped up and they showed that they had some really good kids behind him um the offensive line should be better. It really has never played to its recruiting pedigree, no matter who they've had coaching it. 
Um, a lot of people were optimistic this year that Rasheed Walker is going to turn into an NFL left tackle and Juice Scruggs is going to turn into an NFL level guard and they've got enough pieces to kind of fill in the gaps and just block better. I mean, they have to 28 sacks last year and all the quarterbacks they played last year were mobile. Um, so that's a lot of sacks. Uh, I mean, I don't think we'll talk about another team in the big 10 that gave up that many. So just a lot of concerns. Like the offense is brand new. They talked to the offensive coordinator this week. Penn State did a lot of media. And he basically, they asked him how the install is going. And he, he kind of gave a really nonchalant answer of, you know, if I could predict that, then I would be in a different business. And that's not really what you want to hear. <laughs> I like the change to a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I don't think they really let Kirk Soraka get a chance to put his stuff in. Or it was just way too similar to the Moorhead stuff they had been running since 2016. Um you know, people had seen that from them. They called, uh, had to be a record for end zone fades last year to five, 10 receivers. <laughs> and it really hurt them because they were really an inefficient offense. You look at their yardage totals per game. They were as good as anybody, but they didn't score any points until the end of the year when they were kind of facing some teams that were beat up by either COVID or injury. So um, that needs to change this year for them. Defensively, yeah, I, I'm a little nervous because the linebacking crew is excellent. They recruited well there. Those kids are going to play this year. But you look at the defensive line, and they lost a lot. They have two key transfers that came from other programs, and Abakiti from Temple and then um, Tangelo from Duke because they really just didn't have enough bodies up there. They've lost a lot to the NFL over the years. Um, they don't have a lot of big bodies inside, and that just doesn't usually fare well in the Big Ten where, you know, you got a lot of big offensive lines. So I think for them to be good this year, they're going to have to score a lot of points. And I'm just, you know, with the new scheme and everything and having to rely on Sean Clifford, I'm not real confident in that number that you gave. I, I'm looking under with this team. There's enough tough – you start at Wisconsin, you play Auburn at home. You know, Auburn's in some transition too. You've got Indiana at Iowa, which is going to be tough, at Ohio State. Um, it just it – just, it seems like a really – the way it sets up early, it could get them on a bad kick, and then who knows how they finish. So – I'm not optimistic. I, I mean, like I said, it's a talented team, but I just think it's a, not a great constructed roster, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, the one thing with this team is, like you said, the coordinator again. I think this is the fourth offensive coordinator in five years. And that was really strange. I mean, like, they didn't really get – I mean, that was a weird year last year. To kind of can somebody after one year of going through the COVID – all the COVID things was kind of just surprising a little bit. I'm with you here. And I know people is all oh, here. Smitty, not bashing Penn state. I'm not trying to bash Penn state here. Clifford's the question mark. Can you get Clifford two years ago or the Clifford that played last year? That was just, you know, overthrowing everybody and just not consistent. I think their schedule's tough. I mean, was at Wisconsin to start again, the Auburn game, we talked about it when we did the SEC SEC show with Auburn. That's a game that could go either way. Indiana, you get them at home. Now you know they're going to want revenge on that on the mind for that game. But again, that's a tough one. I was always tough. Now they do get Michigan at home, and you know, being a Michigan fan, it seems where whoever, whatever team goes to the other stadium, they never, you know, they can't win. The, the road team can't win in that series. Uh, you know, deep running backs. A lot of people there in competition good wide receivers, offensive line has to, you know, protect him. They're favorite in nine. If you look, they're favorite. It's eight and a half. So Vegas is right there. I'm leaning between seven and eight. I'm going to give them the eight. I'm taking the under two. Yeah. 
I mean, I think the biggest thing too with Sean Clifford is he's always had Will Levis in the bullpen to pull out when he's not playing well, you know, and, you know, Will had his faults, but, you know, he can move the offense either with his legs and occasionally hit somebody in the hands with a pass. That's not, they don't have that luxury this year. The, the quarterbacks that they have with them are really inexperienced or, you know, playing literally they're enrolling this fall. So it's really on Sean Clifford. I mean, he's probably as critical to any team uh, when it comes to success because there's just no one else to go to. He's got to play better. And, you know, hopefully the scheme will help them out. Hopefully they can take advantage. Like I said, they're, it's a talented bunch with the skill positions. Um, hopefully it translates into points for them because, like I said, the, the offense was, wasn't efficient last year. A lot of yards, but not a lot of points. Hugh, welcome back, buddy. There he is. Sorry, boys. Hopefully I'm not in and out anymore. Uh, I'll just finish that off real quick. You know, I'm, I got Penn State at 8-4. and four. Um, I don't know. Clifford seems like he's regressing. Uh, you know, he, he had a high ceiling. Um, and I just don't think he's living up to it. Uh, you know, part of that, I think, could be some uh, attributed to, um, you know, multiple coordinators. And, and I specifically, you know, I know uh, our good friend BJ is a Texas guy, but, you know, I think he could probably attest to this. The, the coordinator that they got out of Texas, you know, Texas hasn't been a strong program in the last uh, several years. Um, so I, I feel like it's kind of hard to find a coach uh, from Texas that's going to, you know, have immediate success. Um, their offense in Texas was a little lackluster, so I'm curious to see what Yurik does in Penn State um, against better defenses. Um, so that'll be interesting. And you know that he lost his his insurance blanket. Uh, Clifford did, you know, with uh, their tight end, <sighs> Frymuth, however you say his name, going to the NFL draft. I mean, that was the guy he kind of dumped it to, you know. Um, and when you lose a tight end like that, not only is that you know your blocker, uh, but it's you know, it's a, it's a sure-handed receiver. Um, now Penn state, you know, usually has a decent one. So we'll see, um, that Auburn game like we talked about, you know, I think that's going to make or break the season. And, you know, I'm looking at these games and, and I'll get high. I'll get really high on a team here. I don't know if you guys already touched on Rutgers. Have you guys touched on that? Nope. Nope. Okay. So I'll tell you, you know, I know they're 20 and a half favorites, but, uh, you know, that's just a team. And I'm not saying Penn state's going to fall into this trap, but I think Rutgers could be a trap game for a lot of teams. Um, and we'll touch back on that, but I have them eight and four, you know, I, I just don't think the coach is the right guy in Penn state. You know, I think he's a consistent eight to nine win coach. And I think that translates every year. Um, Clifford's got a lot of pressure, so we'll see what he does. All righty, let's go. We're going to move on. Next. Hold on. Let's get, and Matt also has Penn state at nine oh, and three. Man, Matt's going to just despise me hosting a show, man. <laughs> oh, my, his picks. Let's go. What did, what did Jason, what did he have him at? Nine and three. He has him second place behind Ohio State uh, in the East. Okay. I don't like his notes because I'm going to go to my team next. We're going to go up to the big house up in Ann Arbor, Michigan here. And I already see Matt's little notes and he has a little arrow pointing down with this. So I don't like it already. But let's talk about the Michigan Wolverines, my team. Let me start off. I'm going to start off with Michigan here. Let me get into this. We're looking at season win total, seven and a half. Over is minus 115, under is 105. I, I like this team this year, and here we go. Everyone's going to say, Smitty, you rip on Q when he talks about Florida all the time. Here we go. You're going to talk about the over. I am going to talk about the over. Now, I am concerned. I'm going to go really quick here. I am concerned. Harbaugh has not really come and has done a lot here. 
I don't, I'm not a big Josh Gaddis fan either. I didn't like the offense. I don't think they're recruiting great either. Some of the younger coaches they brought in, I don't think they're recruiting great. And it's very hard when Ohio State's recruiting what they're doing. I think we're falling even a little bit behind. But what do I like on this team really quick? Well, kind of like the quarterbacks. McNamara came in last year, played a little bit, wasn't bad. You get Bowman, uh, the Texas Tech transfer that could compete for the job. You got a really good uh, freshman coming in out of the one of the schools down in Florida there, too. Haskins, I like him at running back. Uh, Five-star uh, Donovan Edwards can catch the ball out of the back of your uh, field. Very good. Ronnie Bell, very consistent um, wide receiver. Offensive line, they are returning some guys, but man, that's another position. They have just not been able to block anybody consistently with them. Defense has to get better. When they lost Hutchinson last year with some with that injury, that really hurt. So sec, new secondary coach, like I said, a lot of Mike Hart's back there, running back coach. I like the schedule though. They're favored in nine games. Nine games. So again, I'm leaning between eight and nine, and I'm going to be consistent there, and I'm going to stick with it and say they're going to win nine games. So give me the nine, give me the over, go Wolverines. Jace, I know, I know, Jason. We talked about this team. Jason's pumped for this team. Let's let's hear it. You know, it's a, I'm not a pump for this team. Is a oh, Jason, you're pumped. Pump for a Michigan team, but um, I, oh, you're I do- pumped. <laughs> Well, just to wrap up, you know, you said they're not recruited that well, but if, if you look at their recruiting, and I'm using Phil Still's ratings, uh, they had 11th best, cl- best class last year, eighth, wait, no, 18th best class the year before, eighth, 21st, 6th, 7th. I mean, that's that's pretty good. That's top 10 classes. Or, or yeah, that's that. You're in that, like I always say to Q, we're in that middle kind of like just drifting along a little bit. So for any Michigan fan who listens to this, the First thing you have to do is detach yourself from the Ohio State thing. It's going to drive you nuts. And I say that as a Penn State fan because they're, they they pulled away. We're going to catch them, but we can't catch them right now, okay? So <laughs> I like still it. pretty good programs here, <laughs> okay? Give Harbaugh a chance uh, because he's got his contract now, right? So he's not worried about that. He doesn't have to worry about them coming for him and giving them a buyout this offseason. He's signed for another, I think, three or four years. Um, they returned a bunch. They got 17 guys coming back. I like the Bowman transfer. He was a really solid player for Texas Tech in the air raid system. You know, uh, McNamara is in a little inexperienced. He played well in one game, didn't play well in the other ones. But, I mean, you got that's been their biggest issue. They really haven't had the quarterback. Penn State had it with McSorley for a couple of years, and they did pretty well. Ohio State's had the best quarterback in the conference now for almost like a decade, so it's hard to get over that. Um, defensively, you know, they got away from Don Brown. And I think you know, Don Brown was an excellent – defensive coordinator for a long time, but I don't really think he adapted with college offenses. Um, he just asked too much of the boundary secondary guys. Like you need to be superhuman to play safety in that system. Um, it made the defensive lineman look good, but they would ultimately get picked apart if they couldn't get pressure with the four. Um, so I think you're going to have a more balanced scheme coming up here. You have good players in it. Um, I don't think there's any expectation for them this year. And I, I, you know, they still are, because I just recited off the recruiting numbers. There's still good kids here. The, why the receivers haven't played better over the last five or six years. I can't understand it. Um, all these guys got drafted. So it's not like they, they're not talented. Um, and they actually look good in the NFL. Josh Gaddis, I agree. I think he's a little overrated. I don't know if he has full control though, of the play calling. Um, 
the one thing I noticed is that, you know, they only had eight sacks allowed last year. So they've obviously shored up some of the flaws in the Moorhead system that he brought uh, with him because that's clearly what they were running. They weren't running the Alabama stuff that he was experienced in. Um, and doing that, they probably took away some of the explosiveness. I just think it's a good team. I think the schedule sets up well. They should be 4-0 heading it at Wisconsin. They kind of owe Wisconsin for last year because that game was embarrassing. I mean, that game was brutal to watch. You couldn't even get through, like, the first two quarters of it because Wisconsin was just pummeling them. Um, you know, at Nebraska can be tricky. Nebraska is one of those teams in the West that we'll get to that could go either way. Um, they have Indiana at home, so they should. I think they should win that. They owe Sparty for last year. Um, Sparty is going to be terrible. So, I mean, and then you go to Penn State, like you said, they haven't played well in Happy Valley, but they've also usually had to play in a whiteout on prime time. I think they're playing in a normal time this year. That'll help. Um, go to Maryland. That could be a little tricky as a look ahead to Ohio State. And Ohio State is a game they just have to play better in. I don't even know if they have to win the Ohio State game. I think they just have to compete in it to get people kind of turn it around. They have gotten pummeled in that game. Um, even in years where, you know, Ohio State hasn't looked that great. I think it's, it's in their heads a bit, right? Um, so. I just think I'm more optimistic on them. That, like, I think they made a good change getting away from Don Brown. I know everybody loved him. I didn't love him. Um, I really thought they had good players that could have played a more conventional defense and excelled. They're bringing in some NFL scheming with the, from the Ravens. So, obviously, John Harbaugh's had a little take in this, too. So, we'll see. I, I like them over the seven and a half, definitely. I think they're going to be second in the East uh, ahead of Penn State and Indiana. Love it. Q, let's hear it. Brag my, like brag my team up, Q. I feel like I just read the Ann Arbor Gazette. <laughs> I, I sent Jason some Venmo money here to brack him up here. So no kidding. So I actually I have them eight and four too. Um, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised at a seven and five, right? And that, you know, I try, I love Michigan. I love going up there every year. Um, you know, Smitty and I have a blast. So I, you know, I always look for them to succeed. But you know, I think um, I think Jason hit it well, right? They haven't had a quarterback. Um, I mean. I can't remember the last solid quarterback, I guess, shoelace. Um, but, you know, I don't know if that's partially because of the coach. Like, I think it's kind of a two-thing system. Like, I don't think there's been a quarterback to emerge as a leader. Um, I think Shea Patterson had the capabilities. I think Shea Patterson um, had the athleticism to do it. But I, I think those quarterbacks, leadership on the field, you know, actions speak louder than words. I, I think they kind of get hampered by Harbaugh. Like you said, I don't know if Josh Gaddis has the full playbook. Um or the full rights to call whatever he wants. Uh, but I just don't understand that system. And, and I think it was telling, you know, you'd have Shea Patterson air it out for the first half and look great uh, or the second half of the previous game. And, and you're like, where's this been all season? Like, this is the Michigan team that, you know, everybody's wanted to see for years. And then we go back to the, to the third and seven halfback draw. Um, so I think that's a problem. You touched on Don Brown leaving. I think it was kind of like Bud Foster, right? You know, you're living on a legacy. Um, two of the greatest to probably ever do it. Um, but I think they they didn't adapt to speed, right? And college football is all about speed if you're a top five program. Um, and I I like them bringing in a guy from, uh, you know, Baltimore. I think that just they showcase in Baltimore defense wins championships um, and they're hard-nosed hitters. So I, I like to see that. Um, the number one player they need to defend is the crossing route because Ohio State torches them. Uh, on that cross route every time, just like you said, because of speed. So a balance, more balanced attack, not hanging those guys, the back seven out to dry, um, and maybe playing a little more zone um, can help this team. But their schedule does play favorable. I just – the quarterback play is going to be the difference maker here. You know, they've always had solid running backs. 
Uh, but when you're expected to run 30, 40 times in a game and the other team knows it, those they're obviously countered. Um, McNamara, Bowman, and J.J. McCarthy, it seems like it's going to come down to Bowman and McNamara. You know, Bowman can air it out if, if they can truly throw the ball to Ronnie Bell and could stay consistent like that. Um, McNamara, I'm not sure. You know, he's looked good. He's looked bad. So we'll see. Um, I would say I'm more inclined to see what J.J. McCarthy could do. He's a five-star quarterback. Um, you know, he's got all the hype. If they could just let this kid air it out and be himself like he was in high school, then I think the program's up for a rise. If they just limit him, I, I could see him falling into another, you know, average quarterback here. So what's Matt have him at, Jason? Matt has them at, I believe, eight and four. Let me double check. He does with a down arrow, as Matt is a big Michigan fan. <laughs> Not happy the eight and four. Hey, yeah, no, I – I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the offense looks like because, like you said, they, they, all the quarterbacks are throwers. It's not a dual threat situation like they tried to go to in the last couple of years. Um, so they, they have to get the receivers involved. The receivers have been talented. They can play better. Um, so I think defense, we all have them there. Exactly. Right? The Buck Foster, Everybody yeah, the Buck has them on the over. Yeah, I think so. I mean, love it. Love it. I got to Venmo more people here tonight. <laughs> Love it. Venmo more people. All right, let's keep rolling here. We're going to get going. We're going to come back to down in my area in Q's with the little College Park, Maryland, with the Maryland Terrapins. Season win total, five and a half. Vegas has it at minus the over, minus uh, 135. The under is plus 115. So Q, let's we'll start with you. Let's bounce it around here a little bit since I'm hosting. I'm going to change it up here. Let's hear from Q first. What's your thoughts on Maryland? I'm not high on them at all. I have them the uh, over under is five and a half. I have the under. I have them at three and nine or four and eight. You know, I know a lot of people think Mike Loxley is a great recruiter. You know, and touche he is. But this area has been cherry picked. You know, the PG County area puts out some good talent. You have good counsel to math, the Gonzaga, all in this area, um, as well as many other schools, but. Ohio State runs this area, you know, if I'm being blunt, and Penn State just as, as much. Um, you know, it's tough for him. He's He had a, a bunch, you know, with COVID, and then, uh, you know, you were coming out of the DJ Durkin situation. Like, it's tough, right? He's 8-43 and 43 as a head coach, so his pedigree is not there. Um, and, you know, I'm looking at their schedule. So, West Virginia, you know, that's a loss. Um Kent State, they're favored by 11, but Kent State rolls it. And I, I think that could be a problem for Maryland. Um, you know, that's kind of an upset game right there um, that I potentially, you know, would not be surprised to say, hey, did you see Kent State just upset Maryland? Um, even on the road, you know, I just think uh, you look at the offense and you look at the defense of Maryland. So their offense, you know, they're obviously bringing to his brother back. And he played okay at some times. Like he shows a little bit of some promise. You know, he's got to – I think he's got to fill out more. He's a little smaller. Um, he likes to throw. He likes to run. He lost his running back, the, you know, the one-hit wonder, Funk, um, you know, is in the NFL right now. Um, and he seemed like he really relied on him. Now, they are returning the entire front line, so I think that helps him a little bit. But I just think they're going to be out-recruited. And I'm looking at games here, you know, and so they got smoked by Northwestern last year. They they barely beat Minnesota. I mean, everybody Minnesota was heavily favored, and it was just an upset game. Uh, Rashad Bateman and, and Tanner Morgan just had a bad game. You know, they beat Penn State. They lose to Indiana. And they lost to Rutgers. And I think Rutgers is even better this year than what they were last year. They essentially brought back the entire team. Um, you know, they've got Maryland favored by four 
you know, obviously this could change, uh, but as of right now, Maryland's favored by four at Rutgers. And I just don't see that as a win. Um, the only guaranteed wins I really see are at Illinois and at Howard. Everybody else, you know, you got to think Minnesota um, should pound them, especially after that last year. Like I could see them winning three games, four games at the most. Um, but I just, they're struggling. And I think it's going to recruiting. Is, is not good here. It, it's not going to be unless you just have a miracle year. Um, and I, I don't know. I just don't think uh, Loxley's the guy down there. I don't think that, that the talent's here. I think it's in Ohio State and Penn State. So I think they struggle again. What do you think, Jace? Yeah, no, I, I agree with Q. Um, I actually don't even have them winning at Illinois. Uh, I have them beating Rutgers, though. I'm not as high on Rutgers. Um, it's, you know, you look at the roster, it's a weird mix. Yes, really highly touted kids. And then you have some kids that have like 300s next to their name on the recruiting side. So there's no balance in the roster at all. And um, it, it's just kind of a weird group. And they kind of play that way, right? When it clicks, they, it works. And when it doesn't, they kind of tank. And uh, looking at how this, this schedule starts, I could easily see them being, geez, one and four going to add Ohio State for a thump in there. And then it'll be interesting to see if Loxley can turn the ship around at that point, because that's not something he's done in his career. You reference his record when it goes bad for him, it goes real bad. Like, you know, he had the issues in New Mexico where they got off to a bad start and then stuff happened with his kid. And he was gone by before the end of the year. You know, this team has that potential to ruin him. I think that Penn state game is going to be really tricky in his legacy there because you bet you got to see what it could look like. And then if you take that game out of like their lines, you read the rest of the games, it's not as pretty. I mean, that, that was a bad loss to Rutgers at the end of the year. The Indiana game, they came to the game, lost Penix early, couldn't do anything on offense for a team that kind of needed to score an offense. And they still got, you know, Maryland still couldn't get past them. Um, so, yeah, I have them about that same wins. There's some 50-50 games there with Michigan State and maybe Minnesota. But at Minnesota, yeah, I don't see them winning that. They'll probably get somebody they shouldn't, maybe Indiana at home on a Halloween. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's it's I don't think it's a build-up year. I think it still needs another year to get these kids in place. When you have to go to JC's to get three defensive linemen to play a three-four, you're not there yet. And like I said, I, it's almost like that Penn State win came a year too early for them. I'm a little different on this team. And this is why I love doing this show, because it's gonna be fun tracking this all season with our different opinions on it and different win totals here. You know, the quarterback to his brother, I like him a lot. Wide receiver positions, probably the deepest on the team. Five-star uh, Jarrett came in. Offensive line's getting reshuffled a little bit. Defense, especially defensive line, needs to step up, up, you know, a little bit. Gave up a little bit too much rushing last year. I'm not very high on the defense. I think they're slightly improving. I think there's some holes here still on this team, but I don't think they're that bad. I'm looking at the big game to me is the first game at home against West Virginia. Right now I'm looking at it's plus three. So they're dogs, but it's at home only a three point. Let's say they steal that game. Then they get Howard minus 51. Then they go at Illinois minus four, their favorite there. Then Kent State, minus 11. Could they start 4-0? They could. It's not out of the question. And I kind of like the West Virginia team. We'll get to them in a couple weeks here. But I like this team. I think they're favored in four games, but I think they're a team that's going to get six to seven wins. Oh, wow. 
And I might even wow. lean, I might just be a little different. Maybe I'm a little crazy tonight on this. I might even lean towards that seven on that. So wow. I'm a little higher on Maryland than you guys. So let's let's see, Jason, why don't you read off what Maddie Nails thinks on this and uh, make me maybe look real uh, embarrassed here in a second. He has them at five and seven. So he's he's not quite as pessimistic as Q and I, but he is probably not as optimistic as you are. So and I, I think, you know, it's funny. We're going to talk about this. These next three teams all are like this. <laughs> Where there's going to be a wide range of opinions because they're all kind of in the same boat of improving, but not quite so. Well, I mean, when West Virginia beats them by about 36, then you guys can make fun of me that week. So. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. We're going to, we're ready to last team here. Let's go to East Lansing, Michigan with the Michigan State Spartans. Don't forget the Scarlet Knights. Oh, did I miss them? You might have. I'm not sure where you have. Oh, I did. I did skip them. My goodness. <laughs> Q, I need you back hosting, buddy. I'm not a host here. I did. That's. <laughs> Let's well, let's just hit Michigan State. Let's hit Michigan State. Sure. I did. I did skip over Rutgers. Man, Rutgers people, if they're listening, they're going to really not like the show now. All four of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let me just start here with Mel Tucker. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I think he was one of the worst hires in college football that year. Nobody wanted him out of Colorado, and all of a sudden, and I think it was a panic hire with uh, Michigan State's coach. Mark D'Antonio just abruptly retiring. I think that put him in a panic. So they went and got out essentially what I think is the first guy that showed up to the interview. Um, and he <laughs> showed up and was like, hey, I'm here for the interview. And they said, here's the playbook. Practices tomorrow. Uh, you know, no, I just think he was put in a bad spot. You know, he got hired so late. I mean, recruiting day was already done. You know, he's pretty much playing with D'Antonio's guys. A bunch of them left, too, when uh, he decommitted when when D'Antonio left. Um, I have them at an under. I have them four and eight, and uh, I think that might be a little generous. You know, they just <laughs> – I just don't think they have the talent. You know, Mark D'Antonio was so consistent. You knew what you were going to get. You were going to get a, a grudge and, a you know, a, a, a hard fight, whether you were on the road uh, in Lansing or – on the road, you know, if, if Michigan State was on the road. Um, I don't know. They just didn't impress me last year, and I don't think they improved on a recruiting trail. You know, I'm looking at the games. You know, last year they lost – they get blown up by Iowa. They lose uh, – shut out by Indiana. Um, Ohio State pounds on Penn State, beats them handily. Um, you know, the, Michigan, they beat a bad Michigan team. I think Michigan bounces back, so, like, I don't see that uh, being a win. Um they play Miami this year. Miami should trounce them. You know, Northwestern, I think they could beat them. I'm a little higher on them. Um, again, I'm higher on the Rutgers team this year. I think Rutgers could beat them. Um, you know, Indiana's another loss. Michigan's a loss. Maryland could beat them. You know, that's not to say that they couldn't. Ohio State's loss, Penn State's loss. So I just don't see where you get more than three to four wins here. Um, I just don't know if he's the guy on a recruiting aspect, on a coaching aspect. I mean, he wasn't stellar in Colorado to begin with, um, but I don't know. He's there, and, and I think it's hurting the program. So I think it's three and nine, four and eight. Yeah, and, and you know, Vegas has it. They have season win total at five. The over is plus 100. So they're asking you. They want you to take that. Try, you know, try to win some money on the over there. Under is minus 120. I'm going to be short here, too. I agree with Q. I was not a fan of this hire. I, I didn't think the guy – did a great job out of Colorado either. 
quarterback. You got Anthony Russo, a transfer from Temple coming in here. They got a couple. Uh, Jaden Reed's a pretty good playmaker at the wide receiver. Offense line hasn't been great, but you got all five returning in this. They're favored in four of the games. I'm, I'm leaning between four and five wins, and I'm going to stick with four. I'm going to go with four wins for Michigan State. Yeah, no, I'm actually – I have a three and nine. I actually see that homecoming game against Western Kentucky as a bad day for them. But the only thing you have to factor in is there's going to be the game they win over a ranked opponent at some point in the back half of the schedule because the one fun thing about Tucker being hired is Michigan State's back to be in Michigan State where they're the wild card, right? You never know what you're going to get. They're going to lose the Rutgers – and then they're going to beat Michigan when they're ranked and they're going to beat Northwestern when they're ranked <laughs> and then they're going to lose the next week. You know, it's just the way they are. I, I love the Sparty dynamic that went away with Antonio. He made them solid as heck, but now we're back to John L. Smith, uh, Michigan state, which is always fun. Um, just, you know, D'Antonio always made like chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? And um, I just think it's tough for a coach. Not, that's not his quality. You know, there's just a roster. that's not that good. Um, the offensive line is the best position they've recruited. They didn't play that well last year. Um, the defense kind of lost its identity. It's just, you know, there's kind of in transition. And I just, they don't have enough kids to kind of pull them out of it at this point. They're going to need to keep um, stacking up. And that's a tough side of the Big Ten to be on. They'd probably be much better off if they were in the West where you kind of have teams in a similar position. So unless they get a quarterback in there because Russo and Thorne are not it um you know three and nine to me looks really um feasible and uh the really tough stretch to end there with uh at Ohio State and Penn State at home um just gonna gonna be a rough year in uh, East Lansing and I love so Maddie Maddie has him at three and nine and Maddie's notes he is in parentheses yuck I'll throw a, uh, really I'll throw a stab real quick. that that, that kind of makes that kind of made my night there go ahead Q Oh, I was just going to throw a stat. So I'm looking at their points per game last year, and this tells you it all. So they gave up 35.1, and they only scored 18. Now, 18 was pretty consistent. You know, they were averaging low 20s with D'Antonio, but they sure weren't giving up 35 points a game, and that's that kills them. And I just didn't see the major improvement on the defense this year. All right, so let's go. All the Rutgers fans are not going to like me being a host. I'm sorry that I skipped you. We're not saying you're behind Michigan State in our standings here on Notebook Wagering, but let's hit Rutgers. Let's go to New Jersey. Win total, four and a half, over plus 105, under minus 125. Q, you seem like, I don't know, maybe your dad's coaching the team, so let's hear it first from you. Listen, I'm not saying they're they're going to go 10-2 and two by any means, but I'm a big fan of Greg Schiano. I, I always was. I think University of Miami screwed up when they didn't hire him after uh, Larry Coker. And then I think Tennessee screwed up as well when they, you know, hired him uh, verbally. And then the student council decided to run the university for a day or two. And then they said, oh, never mind. We don't hire him. So he goes back to New Jersey. And I think he's going to succeed. And I think he's going to show Miami. Um, you know, they should have had him. And I think he's going to show Tennessee, hey, you should have had me as well. Um, he returns essentially his entire team. I believe it's 10 on offense and 11, 11 on offense and 10 on defense. He brings his quarterback. Now, the quarterback, Noah Vigil, he, you know, he's a young guy. I want to say he was a freshman last year, wasn't he? Or a sophomore. So he's a pretty young guy. Um, you know, he, was, he 
was kind of thrown to the wolves. And I think he had some growing pains. He threw some bad picks, especially in the Illinois game. Um, I remember I actually took Rutgers in that game to win and he killed me through three picks in a red zone. Um, but I think he's going to redeem himself this year. You know, I looked at their schedule and I think they have a pretty favorable schedule to get to six wins. I have them at six and six. You know, Syracuse was really down last year. Temple, they should beat them. Delaware, they should beat them. You know, they gave Michigan a hell of a game last year. Uh, did I want to say it was triple overtime that they lost. Um, you know, and again, I'm not saying Michigan's going to light it up, but I, I think Shiano in year two has those boys believing. You know, when you can return the, in, the entire team, I think that says something. Um, now, obviously, they were young, but young teams that stay together do really well. Um, when they, you know, age and, and I just, I see Illinois being a win there. They're not going to give that one away. Uh, you know, I see them beating Maryland, um, even though Jason doesn't really see it. I just think they're going to be a little more complete Maryland uh, team versus Maryland. I think Shiano is going to be the difference in that game. Um, you know, they weren't putrid last year. They really didn't, you know, they had a lot of close games and I think they just built on that. So I actually have them over four and a half at six and six which is huge for them, you know, to go from what they had last year. All right, Jace, no, what do you got, bud? It's pretty funny. I'm looking at it now, and I actually, you know, just kind of going through it, I, I actually have a five and seven. I didn't think I had them that high. Uh, no, I agree with everything you said. Uh, Shiano was a great hire. Yeah, the one thing, when Chris asked, uh, the guy before him got fired, um, all the New Jersey high school coaches basically said that, that Rutgers staff never showed up. And New Jersey's not a – fantastic football town state, but it's a pretty good one. Um, and, you know, it can fuel Rutgers program to be at least decent. And they said that basically, you know, those guys never showed up. The Shiano's guys were always there. So Shiano's basically just reconnecting that whole network. And he did a pretty good job of getting New Jersey talent um, when he was there. Um, if they had a quarterback, this team would be really interesting because it seems like they've got, you know, the offense line is not great, but they've got young kids who are going to be good. Um, the wide receiver position is actually not that bad. They, they've really benefited from transfers from other places kind of coming in. The tight end to transfer from West Virginia. Uh, Crookshank is what transfer from Wisconsin. They got a guy from Kansas State, I believe, in there as well. Um, defensively, you know, the defensive line's undersized. They're not going to be great. They're going to get pushed around. I think they were at times. The linebacking course pretty good, and the back five doesn't look awful. Um, um, so, yeah, it seems like he's got things going in the right direction. I think his, his 2022 recruiting class is looking pretty good. Um, it'll just be interesting to see if they can keep the momentum going. They kind of caught some breaks in games. Um, they came out and just totally, you know, basically got Sparty right off the bus the first game of the year. Um, it's, it, things are looking up there. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it going, but it's definitely going in the right direction. Uh, if they can get some decent quarterback play, they could definitely be bull eligible. Yeah, I, I, I'm – I. Everything you guys said, I agree with. I love the hire. The guy's a great – the guy was there before and won. And he's brought the mentality back of playing hard and winning football games there. Fantastic hire. Like Q said, a couple schools missed out on him. I think Tennessee, again, I'm not going to dive into kind of what happened there, but I think they missed out on it. So I, I agree with you. I mean, love the running back, great running back. Um, quarterback, you know, I think the quarterback's not bad, uh, experienced, um, offensive line coming back. They got a temple transfer that will help them a little bit. Um, linebacker position looks pretty good. Like you said, I think they're recruiting pretty well. They're favored in four games or no, excuse me. They're favored in two, only two games 
uh, on the schedule. Um, I kind of, I'm not as high. I'm not as where maybe you guys are a little bit with the schedule. I'm looking at between four and five wins and I'm going to lean with the four. Okay. And Matt has them at five and seven. So I think we're kind of all in the same boat though. Four and six wins basically arrow up, right? Yeah, I think I think the program's in a in a good spot there. Hey, Q, really quick, man. Uh, since you were called out to duty there for a little bit and had to do your job, can you just give us your Ohio State and Indiana play, please? Yeah, I'll start with Ohio State. I think it's pretty simple. You know, they are the most dominant team uh, by far. Uh, you know, I don't even think whiskey stands a chance. Um, their quarterback play. I mean, they have three five star guys competing for the job. I think that's enough to tell you right there. Um, now they're running backs, Master Teague, you know, it kind of seems like he's in a little bit of trouble uh, for the starting job. He might end up being a number two back. Those kids behind him, and forgive me for not knowing his name, is it Henderson? Henderson, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Henderson seems to, you know, from what I've been reading, he's putting on, you know, a hell of a spring camp. You know, we'll see what he does in a fall camp. But Master Teague, nonetheless, you know, he ran really well when he had the opportunities last year. Um. I think they'll, they'll go 12 and 0, you know, I don't think anybody's really going to challenge them. Um, you know, with, especially with Olave at wide receiver, you know, he's the best receiver in the league. So that's pretty simple, you know, Indiana, I'm very intrigued. Right. So we saw Penix last year, right. He's, he's electric. They go and they almost beat Ohio state. Now they do catch them at home this year, but you don't think Ryan Day's going to have that Ohio state team prepared. You know, after last year, almost losing the game, you know, they were picking on Sean Wade. Sean Wade's no longer there. Um, so, he, you know, he's going to want the, the defensive backs tightened up. Um, Penix, is he going to be injured? You know, he's he's had multiple injuries before in his career there. Uh, that season, you know, I could see them going nine and three with him, but I could also see them if he goes out being seven and five, right? So I have them at eight and four. Um, over under was eight. So I, I think that's it right on. I think Tom Allen. You know, he does the love each other thing, and I, I think that's really working for him. I think he's a year or two away from really exploding. Um, he's got to find that quarterback uh, that's healthy, in my opinion. You know, Penix just can't do it all, um, and I think he's he's trying to right now. Um, so that'll be interesting to see, especially with him coming off that ACL, how explosive he is in the run game and pass game. Um, and then it's also, you know, a lot of people are saying that Ty – Fryfogel is going to be there. If he gets double teamed, he's going to step up. So Miles Marshall seems to be the guy that everybody's calling on. Um, so that's going to be the X factors for them. I have them at eight and four, but I could see them being a nine and three team or a seven and five, depending on the injury status. Okay. That was the East. I think we dove into that really, really well there. And we gave you some great information. We are going to go into the big 10 West and we're going to start off where a lot of people think we'll be the number one team in the West. And we're going to head up to Madison, um, Wisconsin with Paul Chris and the Wisconsin Badgers right now, season win total nine and a half over is minus one Oh five. And the under is minus one fifteen. I'm going to start off with Wisconsin. If you don't mind, I'm extremely high on this team. I like the quarterback Graham Mertz, 61% last year. Nine touchdown, five picks. Started off extremely hot. This was a COVID team. A lot of problems with COVID last year. Um, they kind of ran into. But I love, they always have, what do they have there in Wisconsin? They have a great offensive line. They're going to continue with a great offensive line. Like the running back, Jalen Berger, I think he's going to be very good. 
Offensive line, like I said, you got four starters coming back. Very experienced team. Really good uh, tight end. I love it. I think this team, again, man, they are favored in 11 games. 11. So I'm going, I like 11 to 12 wins, personally. I'm leaning, I'm going to lean 11 in this, but I'm taking the over and I love this team. I'm going to pound this over. What do you think, Q? Yeah, like you said, I love the running back and they return uh, a lot of good talent on the offensive line. And that's what Wisconsin football is, right? It's, it's run it down your throat. You know, you look at the running backs they've had, Melvin Ingram, Jonathan Taylor, Ron Dane, just historically good running backs, um, not only in the Big Ten, but NCAA as a whole. And I think they get back to that. Uh, but I think they have a better quarterback than they've had in a while. I like Mertz as well. You know, he was obviously out for a few weeks uh, with the COVID. So I don't think we really got to see his full potential. Um, I think the kid, you know, he's, he's got the size, right? He's got the arm, you know, and he can scramble if need be. Uh, obviously, he, he decimated an Illinois team to start the season, um, and everybody was hyped up. I think he threw four or five touchdowns that game. Um, now that's bad in Illinois, but I think it's a showcase of what he can do. Um, you know, I look at their schedule, and their schedule's pretty easy. You know, when you dodge Ohio State, that, that's obviously a plus to your schedule. Um, now, obviously, they're going to meet in the East-West uh, Championship there, and I believe it's in Indianapolis. Um, I just don't know if they can compete with the speed. You know, I heard it on another show. Uh, the speed of Ohio State on turf is just unmatched, and I think that's where Wisconsin gets beat um, every year that they do play them. I'm looking at the schedule. Um, you know, Notre Dame could be a tough one. Now, Notre Dame has to replace Ian Book, which is going to be a tall task. Uh, so that's on a neutral game. field, I believe. Is that's in? Um, is that in uh, where the Bears play? Yeah, yeah. Soldier Field. Oh, it is. Oh, okay, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I just think Notre Dame's always a tough game. You know, they uh, if they can find a replacement for Ian Book, that could be tough. You know, I have them at ten and two, eleven and one. I'm gonna say ten and two because they always seem to drop that game that you just don't expect them to. Um, but ten and two is certainly get it done in the West. What do you got, Jason? I'm not as high on Wisconsin. Um, that was the one thing I surprised looking into this. Um, you know, we talk about the offensive line is always good, right? It wasn't very good last year. <laughs> like, I'm looking at this, the game totals. I mean, daily, how many 100-yard rushing games do you think Wisconsin had last season? Anyone? They had one. Well, well they played – yeah. I know, but this Wisconsin. Did they can the ball off 25 times to one no, run? you're right. You're right. So I think Mertz is probably part of that, right? They're actually trying to diversify the offense a little bit because they want to bring in those top-name quarterbacks. Chris has had good luck with that. He brought good guys in the pit even when he was there. Um, so I think they're kind of a little transition on offense. The wide receiver talent's not there to be doing that. The tight ends are good. The running backs are good. They, I mean, the offense line will probably play better than it did last year. But, you know, it's the same story, though. These aren't highly recruited kids. These are kids that develop and take time. Um but they've gotten away kind of from protecting them too. They're getting a little more exposed in space as they spread out the formations. And it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they transition because, you know, that's where usually you need that highly recruited kid to play left tackle, to be able to handle that end rusher, especially when you're going against the Buckeyes, which we mentioned a couple of times here. Um, defensively, linebackers are excellent. Secondary is good. I, I think it's a little overrated. Uh, the defensive line has got some transition in it. So they gave up some yards on the ground last year. Um, well, not too much, though, but I, I just 
I look at this team and I just think that eventually one of these years, it's not going to click for them. And I, I think this potentially could be it. I just think that, uh, you got a quarterback who didn't play a whole lot last year. You're kind of putting a lot on him. They need Berger to play much better than he, he did last year. Uh, he's a talented kid. He was a highly recruited running back. Um, but he still only got 60 carries for 300 yards. And, you know, he's, just, you know, he's got a, a quite big shoes to fill with that tradition they've had at that position. Um, you know, I, I just see this as more like a nine and three, eight, and four. I just think the West is going to be a complete uh, crapshoot. Uh, and I think Wisconsin is going to kind of lead that off by just not being quite as book them in uh, Indy as everyone else has them. That's all. What's Matt looking at there, Jason, on them? I'm sorry, what's that? What's uh what Matt what's Matt have them at? Matt has them at eleven and one. He has them in the championship game. Okay. So Matt Matt's rolling with me with uh Wisconsin yeah. there. So okay, let's go to West, probably the second uh favorite that's out there. Let's go out to Iowa and the Hawkeyes season win total, eight and a half. Over is minus one oh five, under is one fifteen. Jason, why don't you start us off with the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, it's, it, you know, they're also a team I'm not as high on as some other people are. Um, they played really well last year, uh, given the circumstances of COVID. They didn't seem to bother them at all. They started off slow. They were kind of rolling at year end. Uh, and, you know, probably basically a, a tough loss. They lost by a combined five points to Purdue and Northwestern, and that kept them out of the championship game. Uh, it would have been interesting to see them go against the Buckeyes. Um, you know, they don't have all the pieces that you – usually think they don't the receivers are kind of unproven they usually have the real fast guy that runs real well off play action they usually have you know not as good as an offensive line of wisconsin but pretty good but they're pretty inexperienced there at least a lot of guys who don't have a lot of starts defense is really green up front they have a good linebacking core they have a decent secondary so it's going to be interesting to see you know does the offensive line get up to snuff is kind of like wisconsin and can they you know basically keep people off their linebackers uh be able to play at a level that they can win the conference you look at the schedule they start off with indiana i think that's gonna be a tough ask for them indiana loves to bring pressure and you got an inexperienced offensive line they go at iowa state which always seems to trip them up and then kent state which may have joined the big 10 and we didn't know it uh that's a great point <laughs> uh maybe they're the maybe they're the 16th team uh <laughs> uh Kent State could be a tricky game, but probably not. They'll have enough time to prepare for them. They play vanilla enough that a spread air raid team is not going to give them issues. Um, you know, you, you look at their, their season gets determined in three weeks from October 30th to November 13th at Wisconsin, at Northwestern, and Minnesota. Um, you know, if they sweep those games, they win the West. If they go two and one, they have a pretty good shot, I think, because I think they'll beat Illinois and Nebraska at any year. So, um, I mean, that's really it. I, I do see them finishing second here just because they do have the question marks on the lines, which is really unusual for them. But uh, the quarterback's good. And I think the back seven on defense is pretty good. All right. Q, what do you have in Iowa? What's your prediction? So I have them eight and four, over-unders eight and a half. So I'm going to roll the under. I just don't think they have the talent that they've had in the past. You know, they don't have a stud tight end right now that they've always produced. Um, their running back's okay. Their quarterback, Spencer Petrus, it's the second year in the system. Um, you know, I think Ferenc, he's should be the longest tenure coach um, 
in college football right now, so kudos to him. But, you know, they rely so heavily on that Iowa home field advantage. Um, and I think it's going to catch up to him talent-wise. You know, they have a decent defense always. Uh, but, you know, home to Indiana is going to be a tough game. Uh, it's first game of the year for them. And I think that could, you know, Penix could kind of negate that home field advantage, you know, game one. Uh, last year they lost their first two games, so they had a sluggish start. You know, that's not a team that you want to uh, have a sluggish start against. You know, they're going to be fired up. Indiana's looking for 10-plus wins this year. Um, so that's a tough place to play. And then you go travel. You know, if you're coming off a loss there, you have to go to Ames to play Iowa State. You know, could they be looking at 0-2 again? Um, you know, I don't see them obviously beating, I think, Wisconsin will just pound it with Berger. And I think uh, they'll try to throw a little more. Uh, with Mertz. So I think Wisconsin gets the win there. You know, Penn State is a very questionable game. You know, what Penn State are we going to see, right? Is Are we going to see what Sean Clifford should have lived up to be? Um, or is he going to stay regressed? So I think there's a lot of question marks on their schedule. Now they do get Penn State at home. You know, if they, they have to travel to Madison, which is going to be tough. I just see them at that eight and four mark. You know, I could even see them dropping a game that they should have won, you know, maybe at Northwestern. You know, we know Northwestern plays so good at home uh, with so little talent. You know, kudos to that coach over there, just getting everything out of, you know, out of his players that he can. And we'll touch on them. Um, so, you know, I have them 8-4. I just don't see them as bad. I don't see them as great. I'm a little higher on Iowa. You know, we're looking at that. I love them at home week one against Indiana. Just like we said on Indiana, quarterback was banged up coming off an ACL tear. The key for Iowa, though, is the quarterback. He got better as the year went on. He's not great when he's pressured. They do have, you know, Iowa always has a good offense line. They have maybe one of the best centers in the game. Running back is very good. I like some of their wide receivers. Defense has always been kind of tough. And their home field is great. Now, love the coach. I think he does well there. They're very boring. He doesn't want to go for it on certain situations. It's fourth and one. He punts and kind of, so you got to really like sit on the couch and you're going to watch sometimes a boring game, but I respect their program. I like this team. They're favored in 10 games. Vegas has them eight and a half. I kind of have, you know, you're looking at everything. I'm leaning. I'm kind of leaning at the nine. I'm going to give them nine, so I would take the over. I think they'll have a good year. They're not going to be as good as Wisconsin, but I think they can get nine wins. What's yeah, Matt having, Jason? Matt has them at seven and five. He's not as high on the Hawkeyes as uh, – All right. And this Big Ten is going to be fun, tracking all our crazy bets here this year and our – trends here so all right let's go let's keep it rolling here boys uh third team here in the west northwestern love this coach it's one of my favorite coaches i'm gonna hold off a second i don't i'm not gonna start here with northwestern so q why don't you start with northwestern on this one all right so like i mentioned just previously i love the coach there pat fitzgerald is 16th year so you know obviously the uh, university loves him. And I, and I think he gets the most out of his talent. You know, I, I would say he has a collective talent of two and three stars, right? He or the kid, you know, decent athletes that want an education um, who were a little under-recruited. Um, they have Ryan Halitsky coming in, so that's going to be a huge thing. So they've tried the transfer portal 
uh, quarterback thing. It worked last year. It didn't work the year before. Um, I don't think they're going to have a season like they did last year. You know, they lost uh, their best defensive back. Was it Greg Newsom? Um, yes. You know, they, that's a big loss for them. You know, he's he's a four- and five-star talent, you know, on the field. They don't typically get those all the time. Um, so I think not only did you lose his athleticism and his uh, playmaking ability, but you lose his leadership uh, because he really was a leader and a shutdown leader at that. You know, they were ranked second in, uh, you know, yards per game, uh, points per game, 15.9. Like, I just don't see them keeping teams to that again. Um, I'm looking at their schedule. Over-under is six and a half. I have them at seven and a seven and five. And I don't think they're going to be putrid. I'm not saying they're going to go back to three wins like the Rucker, the uh, Northwestern teams we've seen prior. Uh, but I don't see them overachieving. You know, last year they were seven and two. Uh, I would say that translates to like a nine and three record on a 12-game schedule. I just don't see that uh, this year. I got them at seven and five. You know, I don't. They start out, I could see them starting out 4-0, you know, Michigan State, Indiana State, at Duke, who's going to be trash this year, and we'll discuss them in the ACC. Ohio, another bad team, in my opinion. Um, you know, Nebraska is a toss-up. You know, what are we going to get? Is Scott Frost finally going to break out with Adrian Martinez? That could be a loss. You know, you're on the road. Again, I think Rutgers, you know, even though Northwestern's favored by almost two touchdowns, like, I think Rutgers can give them a game. You know, Michigan, give them a game. Minnesota give them a game. So these are all just toss-up games. And I'm not saying they won't win, but I'm not saying they're going to run the table and go, you know, seven and one out of their first eight by any means. You know, and then you have to play Iowa, which I think will be um, a loss. And then at Wisconsin's loss, even Minnesota, you know, if Tanner Morgan can uh, get his mind right and have a good season, that's another loss. So I'm not overly bad, you know, saying they're going to be trash, but they're mediocre right this year, I guess, seven and five. All right, Jason, what do you have for Northwestern? Yeah, no, I'm right in line with Q. Um, last year, even though they went 7-2, they only outgained opponents by 10 yards a game in conference. That's insane that they were actually able to win that many games, go 6-2 and two by just basically squeaking these out. Um, got some good breaks. I just don't think they're that talented of a football team. I know you guys were talking about how Fitzgerald makes the most out of these kids. But, you know, they've usually had a couple of highly touted kids in the right spots, right? You talk about Newsom, who was a first-round draft choice for the Browns. Um, you know, that really keyed their defense. They had a really good secondary last year because the corners were excellent. They could do things that could protect um, the players that weren't that good. They just don't have the horses this year. Like, you look up and down the 22 guys, and their best unit's the offensive line, and they weren't that great last year at all. Helinski, you know, he's bounced around a couple programs now various reasons they actually have another transfer uh, hunter johnson who came from clemson last year and couldn't pick up the offense um yeah i, I just think it's a down year in evanston i think they kind of caught lightning in a bottle last year and played really well it's a good fun team gave ohio state all they could handle beat auburn in a bowl game um and then this year this is kind of i think kind of a rebuilding year for them and uh they got to figure out the quarterback situation because you know Tons of smart kids play quarterback, and they can definitely get one at Northwestern. That's one position they can't afford not to recruit. And uh, I see them taking a big step back. I could see them going six and six. I could even see them going five and seven. Just, I just think there's a lot of holes everywhere, and uh, Pat Fitzgerald can't patch all of them. I'm a little higher on this team. This is a team that I might really sink with ship here on this. So I like I like the quarterback situation here. I like Helensky coming in. 
I like the running back Cam Porter, big guy, 200 pound, uh, ran really well in some games last year. Wide receiver spot scares me a little bit. Offensive line. One key thing, I mean, I only have nine returning starters, four on offense, five on defense. So I might sound like I'm crazy here on this team, but they're favored in eight games. And one of the games they're not is at Nebraska, and it's like a pick them. Why? Why, if there's all these things happening, why is right now Vegas kind of thinking that? I don't know. I like the coach. I think he'll inspire the team. Brandon Joseph's a great DB. I think this team surprises some people in here. I'm going, I'm in that eight to nine, leaning more eight. But man, I think they could steal that nine wins. I'm high on this team. And I might just throw some money on this just to, I'll look like a genius or I'll look like, an idiot. And I've, I've done that many times in my life. What does Matt have him? Let's see if he can back me on this. He has them at eight and four. So he's definitely on your side with that. Uh, I might have to get some action off both of you guys. Cause I definitely, I'm probably going to bet on this team too, but I'm definitely going under the six or six, six and a half. I think we referenced earlier. There we go. Nice little fun notebook wager in there. Q a little inside <laughs> bet on that one. I like it. I, I like it. it. So we're going to go next team. Next team is, I love the coach. One of my favorite coaches. Some people like him, some people don't. I think he's great for the game, but we're going to head up to Minnesota and the Gophers. So I'll start with this team here. You know, this is a team, I just, I hope they do well, because again, he's one of my favorite coaches. Love the quarterback. You got a really good quarterback coming back on this team. Love the running back. You know, I think this is a team that's the quarterback can throw the ball, but man, give this guy the ball, this running back a lot, just pound the ball. Now, the only thing with that is how many times are they going to, these defenses just going to really load up uh, the box on this guy wide receivers. That's to me, the big diving into this team. That's the big question mark. Do they have enough playmakers there? Again, they can score. They've scored in the past. The defense hasn't stopped anybody. <laughs> That's the problem here. Uh, Vegas has them six and a half win total over is minus 125 under is plus 105 in this. Man, I'm thinking, boys, I'm leaning between seven and eight. And I kind of circled maybe eight wins on this team. So I'm going to probably, I'd play the over on this team. Jason, why don't you take it next? Sure. Um, yeah, defense was absolutely atrocious last year. There's just no <laughs> bones about it. it. The yardage totals are actually pretty funny when you look through it because they couldn't stop anyone. Now, it improved as the year went on, but early on, it was brutal. Um, I do like it. They returned 10 starters on both sides of the ball, which is big, both specialists. Uh, in contrast, like you said, Northwestern returns eight guys total um, in, in a year where every team seems to have eight or nine guys returning on each side of the ball, right? Um, it'll be interesting that they get some of their big linemen back. You know, that was kind of their identity in the year they were really good was that they pounded the ball, play action deep to fast receivers. Now, they still have Ottman Bell. He's a pretty good receiver, but, you know, obviously they lost two NFL guys um, that they really haven't replaced, even though they picked up a transfer from A&M. Uh, Muhammad Abraham is the running back you're talking about. He's excellent. He gained a thousand yards last year in like what six games. So you know they have an identity on offense. Morgan isn't the kind of guy who can win you a game, but he can definitely win you a game if you can run the ball. 
Um, he's an accurate guy to play action. He's just not a guy who can just drive the offense. The defense is just, you know, they went out, they've got a bunch of transfers coming in and they need to, it was just brutal last year. And uh, they brought back the coordinator, which everybody was shocked because I guess his contract was expired, but uh, he obviously is one of flex guys. Um, they just need to play way better. I mean, if they can get to even just being bad, then they're going to win some more games than they did last year. That's how brutal they were. Uh, you know, I, I'm optimistic on them. I, I do like the offense. I look at when you look at the other teams, how they line up. Some of the defensive lines are questionable in this side of the uh, Big Ten, and I think they're going to be able to run the ball, especially with the big 400 behind the big 400 pound offensive tackle who's back off of a COVID break last year. Um, you know, you look at the schedule. They open with Ohio State. I, I like them with the two touchdowns there. They're not going to win that game, but they can keep it close, especially at home on a Thursday night uh, where it could be a little raucous. Miami of Ohio is going to be decent, but I think they can win that game. At Colorado, I think they can win that game. Bowling Green is awful, so they'll win that. So you're going to Purdue. They could be 3-1, and one, hopefully have a respectable showing as Ohio State. And then you're going to have some chaos. This is one of the teams I think that could go either way based on what happens. Um, yeah, I like them. I, I like them over the seven. I, about eight and four is probably where I see them at, uh, depending on how it all goes. Uh, you know, at Iowa, at Indiana to end the year, could go either way, but that could be some pretty tough. Basically, Iowa, Indiana, and Wisconsin that finished the year is going to determine the whole season. All right, Q, let's hear your prediction here, bud. Yeah, I'm going to be on the over eight and four. I think P.J. Fleck had a rough year last year for a number of reasons. I think COVID really took a toll on that team. Um, you know, Bateman just didn't seem himself. He was getting double teamed a lot. Tanner Morgan didn't seem himself. It almost was like a lack of prep. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't even practice until like the week before the first game. I think I remember Smitty was all over that. Um, and that, I think that's, you know, different, right? They're going to get uh, situated this year. They're going to – they return a lot of guys, like you said, that 400-pound offensive line. You know, Ibrahim, probably one of the best running backs in college football. He's so underrated. He had 15 touchdowns last year in six games. You know, it's over two a game. That's incredible. Um, I don't think their defense is going to rank, be ranked 122nd in yards per play that they've given up. You know, I think they're going to improve on that. You you would think you'd have to if you bring back all the talent. Like, can you just get even worse with the same 10 guys you have? I don't think that's possible with P.J. Fleck. I mean, we've seen what he did at Western Michigan. We've seen him have a good year in Minnesota. I think they bounced back. I think it was a lack of preparation last year. Tanner Morgan reminds me of, like, Kirk Cousins. You know, Kirk Cousins was great for Michigan State. Uh, I think led him to like eight to 10 wins, you know, and he's doing that for the Vikings right now. Like you said, he's a great play action guy, just like Tanner Morgan is. Um, he's not going to lead you in, in necessarily win you a game, um, you know, a baseball reference. Like he doesn't have a high war, uh, but he keeps you in the game enough for Abraham to make the difference, you know, maybe a goal line punched in late. I look at their schedule. You know, I don't think they have the hardest schedule – you know, Ohio State, like you said, I think they'll start out of the first four, three, and one. I'm not that high on Purdue, especially with Rondale Moore gone. So I think they pick up that win. I think Nebraska, I'm not high on them either. So in their first, I think they're going to be six and one heading into Northwestern. Uh, you know, I think um, they'd be Northwestern, Illinois, and then I could see them potentially losing their last three. Uh, finishing eight and four. I mean, I could see them sneaking in the nine and three, but I'm going to say eight and four. All right. Let's see if Maddie Nails is going to row the boat and he has them at six and six. So mm. I don't know if PJ Fleck would consider that rowing the boat. 
<laughs> that sounds like you're trying to get the water out of it. You're trying to get the water out. Now, one thing, a little side note that Maddie put on says, lock it up. He said, Minnesota loves the overs this year. He said, this is one of the teams that he's going to really keep an eye on. Then maybe play the overs. Great offense. Hates the defense. A lot of points. So we'll see. Row the boat. No, it's All interesting. Right. Minnesota last year. They uh they were literally two overtime sessions from being five and one. So I mean it's I mean that was a team that could have actually snuck in there. So that, that's probably a credit to Fleck with the defense that bad that they actually could have basically been in the contention to be in the Big Ten championship game. That's crazy. That was a good line. Well, I, good like Saturday. I said, I if you bring in 10 of your defensive players, like I don't think you can get worse than what you did last year. I mean, you've got to get some continuity. So, you know, I love Matt and he could be totally right on this. You know, we could look bad as I have many times before um, in my gambling history, but I just, I, I think with PJ Fleck, you know, and his ability to coach, like I, I don't see them getting worse. I see them getting better. You know, even if that's marginally better, like, like Jason just said, they were two games away from being five and one. All right, let's continue here, boys. I think this next team is a coach that is on the hot seat a little bit. We're going to head out to Lincoln, Nebraska, and we're going to look at the Corn Huskers of Nebraska. And season win total is six and a half. Over is plus 110. Under is minus 130. Man, they're begging you. Begging you for the under. I'll start here, and again, like I just said, Scott Frost, when he went there, this is his fourth year. You, a lot of people out there, I think, thought this was going to turn around really, really fast, and it hasn't been good. Um, key to me is the quarterback, Mr. Martinez. He has to play well, has to play well. Offensive line is very young, returning three guys. You know, I don't know. This team – this I think this is a team that could just go in a lot of directions. Now, if you do look at their schedule, they added the Fordham game, second game of the year. I mean, that's an easy win. You do open up at Illinois, and they're favored in that. Could they be 3-0? and They could be on this. I'm just I'm, – I'm between six and seven. I'm going to be nice because I like Scott Frost. So I'm going to give them seven wins. I don't know where we'll try to find it there. You guys maybe hit on it, but I'll lean, I'll lean the seven with Nebraska. Jason, what do you got on Nebraska? I mean, I actually like this team. Um, this is the best team he's had. Um, Adrian Martinez seemed to get fixed a little bit last year. Um, and, you know, the running back position, they have some decent kids that they've got transferred in uh, from USC. The line won't be horrible. It's not the it's not the old Nebraska lines of the past, but it's probably middle of the pack for the Big Ten, so it's pretty solid. Um, you know, defensively, you look like there's no pressure. That's their biggest issue is that they have not been able to do anything to basically get to the quarterback, and teams have been able to go up and down the field on them. Um, the schedule's favorable. They started at Illinois. I don't know if Bill and Mull have things all in order at that point. I think Illinois, kind of Nebraska's ahead of the curve on them. Fordham which, you know, geez, what, can you schedule a little easier? Buffalo. Then they go to Oklahoma. It's the 50th anniversary of the Johnny Rogers game. Um, that's going to be a whooping. <laughs> yeah, I can see them getting put it on. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, uh, that's going to be. So then they got Michigan State, Northwestern, and then the Michigan. They could probably be 5-1 and one going to the Michigan game. 
And they're going to need to win these games early because they finish with Ohio State at home at Wisconsin, Iowa. It's going to be rough there. So that could be Frost's job right there those last three games. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Nebraska just has to reset expectations. I know, you know, they're one of the most profitable football programs in the country, but you're recruiting to Nebraska, you know, and a lot of these programs from Texas and California didn't exist when Nebraska was in their heyday, you know. We didn't know about uh, TCU. We didn't know about Fresno State. Like all those kids would end up in Nebraska, right? And then now they end up in their home states, Florida too. You, you got USF, USF, UCF. Like there's just so much more college football programs these days. They just can't pilfer those kids like they used to back in the, the day when they were unstoppable. So what you're saying is Tommy Frazier is not walking through that door. All his friends aren't either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Q, let's hit it, man. Nebraska, what you got? Uh, so I have them the under, like you guys touched, uh, over under six and a half. I have them at five and seven, and frankly, I could see that being a little generous. I'm not a Scott Frost guy. Scott Frost, I think, made himself look really bad when he demanded that he goes back to Nebraska. I'm so glad Florida didn't hire him. Um <sighs> I don't think he's a great coach. I think he benefited from Mackenzie Milton, you know, obviously had that horrific injury. I think that kid was the real deal until he blew his leg out. Um, but they had a, a tough, I mean, an easy schedule in UCF, right? You're not playing the best offensive players and best defensive players and best schedule. Now you go to the Big Ten and you're playing big dogs, you know, and, and this is kind of, uh, you know, Nebraska, like you said, they're thinned out, right? There's too many colleges in that radius of the midwest that these kids go to and i'm looking at their offensive stats last year you know he was highly touted for scoring right 35 40 50 points a game at ucf this high flying um a lot of play offense you know 23 game points a game here 50 in ucf that's not comparable you know place for a game they were getting off 85 90 with Mackenzie Milton, 72 now. Like, that's not comparable. Time of possession, 28 minutes a game. I mean, you're not even winning the time of possession. Um, and, and not to say that that's everything, but you're not scoring with those 28 minutes. And I don't see that changing. Adrian Martinez does not seem like he's the real deal there. You know, I I just – I am not high on him like you got – like Matt, uh, Jason is. You know, I watched Colorado in a minute and a half down like 16 or 17 at a bar in Michigan come back and beat them, and it was unbelievable. And I go, Smitty, they're going to do this, and literally I blink, and it's going to happen, and it happened. And I think that kind of tells you the history of Scott Frost there in Nebraska. I don't think they're going to get any better. You know, I don't think he's recruited really well there. I think he was overrated. I think he benefited from a weak schedule and kind of like that Cods basketball Cinderella story. Like, same with Western Michigan, you know, winning their bowl game. Uh, with with Roe in the boat, you know, I just I think they kind of lived on a Cinderella story and and he thought he was going to be this hot shot. You know, I come back and I'm the savior of Nebraska football and he's getting slapped in the face by the Big Ten and saying uh, this isn't the American anymore, buddy. You're with the big dogs. All right. So I think what we just learned there is Scott Frost is not going to send Q a Christmas card this year. Good. I don't want it. It's It's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> so if anybody needs a christmas gift for q a nebraska t-shirt would be great a sweatshirt. <laughs> i hope he wears it a lot this year so let's see what matt so we kind of had jace a little bit high on him i'm okay on him q man despises them matt has him at seven and five 
So kind of. Well, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule. There's three games that are guaranteed wins. Fordham, Buffalo, and Michigan State. With Brett Belima coming in, like, I don't know. I mean, at Illinois, game one, I mean, Illinois is hyped with Brett Belima. Like, could they lose that game? Absolutely. You know, if I was to say five and seven, like, I'm saying they're going to win that game, but it's, I'm not confidently putting my paycheck on that. You know, Northwestern's a pick em. It's just another game. Could Northwestern certainly strike gold again with Helensky? Absolutely. And Pat, you know, with Pat Fitzgerald, like, yeah, that could be another loss. Um, Minnesota, another loss. I just don't see where there's guaranteed wins. And the way I kind of cap a schedule over and under is if it's not a guarantee and it's a toss-up, I really evaluate that toss-up. And I I tend to lean to that toss-up as a loss just out of, you know, conservativeship. Okay. Well said. We'll have to track Nebraska throughout the year and see who's right with that. All right, we're going to go to the next team. And again, we just said a coach that maybe is on the hot seat. I think we're going to talk another one. But usually when you get on the bottom here, they're always on the hot seat here. Jeff Brom, fifth year at Purdue. Season win total is five. Over is minus 125. Under is plus 105. Jason, start us off with the Boilermakers. What do you have? I actually like Purdue a lot this year. Um, I didn't think I was going to until I kind of read up on them a little bit. Um, there's, you know, surprisingly, last year, two and four, lost to Northwestern by a touchdown, lost to Minnesota by three points, lost to Rutgers by seven points, lost to Nebraska by 10. Like, you know, those games could have went either way. And um, I think that he's got his best offensive line he's had. He's got his best defensive line he's had. Um, you know, the quarterback position – both O'Connell and Plummer played pretty well from them last year. David Bell's a good wide receiver. Um, you know, it, like I said, I see this conference is more, this side of the conference is more of a toss up. And I definitely think Purdue is a dark horse to kind of sneak in there. And I might have some pizza money on them to win that side of it. Um, I'm, I'm, I just think that they have enough. They've played well enough over these years. You see the offense has been pretty consistent under Brom. The defense is getting better each year. Um, it really comes down to the schedule. Yeah, Oregon State, Connecticut to open. That should be a win. They go to, per, to Notre Dame. Um, you know, that game's always kind of a toss-up. Sometimes they scare them. Sometimes they get destroyed. Uh, Illinois, Minnesota. So they should get out of the gates fairly well. They go to Iowa. They get Indiana at home in the Oaken Bucket. Um, they play Northwestern at Wrigley Field, which will be kind of a weird game. They go to Ohio State. That's a loss. I just – I think this team – could catch fire. I think they can get off to a hot start. They could even catch Notre Dame, who's lost a lot in the offseason by surprise. Yeah, that'd be a big upset. But still, um, I like this team. I, I think that, you know, with a, I think it's five is the total. I think they're going to go well over that. I think it, eight and 14 possibly. Wow. Jason, extremely high on Purdue. I love it. Q, what do you have for Purdue? I'm not as high. I kind of have him in that five and seven, six and six, you know, I think they're a mediocre team. I do think Jason was right. You know, they always do seem to kind of upset a team. You know, they blew out um, Ohio state. That was kind of Rondale Moore's breakthrough um, game there, but they also dropped games that you think they would win. I love Brahms um, enthusiasm on the field. You know, he looks like he wants to murder his players uh, <laughs> if they mess up. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but it's it's entertaining when the camera's on him and you can just see the boilermaker of his ears just steaming. Um, you know, I look at their schedule. 
they're going to come in 2-0 and play Notre Dame. I'm not saying they're going to be Notre Dame, but could I see them beating, um, you know, Minnesota at home or an Illinois at home? Absolutely. Uh, even in Nebraska, you know, again, I'm not out on Nebraska. Could, could Brome upset Nebraska and really put Scott Frost in a hot seat and maybe save his job? Absolutely. <sighs> they have David Bell. He's a solid receiver. Uh, you know a little bit more about the quarterback, Jack Plummer. He played okay. Um, I I did not follow him as much. Um, you know, I don't think their defense was that bad last year. They were kind of pedestrian, um, average. You know, they like you said, they lose a touchdown, lose three points and two three uh, three games by seven or less. Uh, the fourth loss that they had was by ten in Nebraska. I mean, they were in that game, you know, all the way until the end, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to say, you know, just looking at her schedule, I'm going to say that five and seven, six and six. I'll say five and seven. They're favored in four, and one's a real close one. That Minnesota yeah, but again, they, I think they drop a game, though, that they're supposed to win. Yeah, and the, and the one game, you know, is like a pick them. They're dogs right now at home against Minnesota. So that could go either way here. thing about Braum is after being Ohio State, he's like 8-16. and 16. I mean, yeah. he needs some wins. There's some – this – this it looked really promising really early, and now the honeymoon's over, and you better start winning some games here. Again, Plummer's not a bad quarterback. David Bell's a very good wide receiver, good depth. Um, you know, you got two good backs. Offensive line's a question mark. I'm not sure on that. I think they're in their third defensive coordinator in three years there. Uh, you know, recruiting in the Big Ten, they didn't have a very good recruiting class in this. I'm I'm between five and six. I'm leaning towards the five. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be there. Could they get the six? They could. Could they get over the over? I think this is a push. This would be a no play for me. I think they're right at that five. I see five wins here um, uh, with Purdue here. I just, I don't know. I mean, can they steal one? Absolutely. I think they can steal one, but I, I'm just not sold on Purdue. Matt has them right at six and six. Yeah, it's going to be interesting of this, these teams right here, Minnesota, Purdue, Nebraska, and I'm going to throw Northwestern in that for some they're kind of they're not quite the same level as Iowa and Nebraska, or to Iowa and Wisconsin. But like one of those teams is going to come out of there. Like if one of those four teams wins all the three games against the other one, they're going to be there to the end. And all of them could do it. All of them could also go zero and three in that same stretch. Like it's a it's a real crapshoot because they all have strengths, but nobody's like perfect or nobody even. You know what I mean, like you can pick apart all of them, but someone's probably going to come out, or they're all going to go two and two against each other, and then. Iowa and uh, Wisconsin will pull clear. But uh, I just feel like one of those four is going to break out. Okay, last team here. Uh, Illinois, the fighting Illini. Season win total is three and a half. Over is minus 125. Under is plus 105. I'll start off here with this. I'm going to go. I like the hire. I think he's a good coach. I think he should have stayed at Wisconsin. You know, the Arkansas thing just didn't really work out. I kind of just wish he would have stayed at Wisconsin. I think he's back to where he kind of belongs here, Brett Milama. Um, you know, Brandon Peters, an uh, old Michigan quarterback, going to be back. You know, they got offensive line three coming back. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot. They got, you know, they're going to run some different running backs at you. They're favored in three games. 
I, I, I'm leaning. I, I have him between two and three wins. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him three wins. So I would probably play the under in this. What do you uh, What do you got, Jason? I mean, I actually like this team not enough to pick them far, but I think this is actually a good matchup for Bielema and what he likes to do with what Lovey built for him. Um, it seems like the offensive line; these guys have some pedigree from what I, the write-ups I read. Um, they're going to go double tight. They're going to run the football, and that'll protect uh, Brandon Peters a good bit, kind of like the beginning of his Michigan career, right, as opposed to the end of it. Um, it, it seems like they're going to have an identity. It doesn't seem like the West, you know, there's some question marks almost on all the teams about their front four or their front three with their defensive lines. So it could, it could be a little sneaky if they're playing Wisconsin ball. They might be able to surprise somebody, uh, you know, with that. Um, I guess Lovey apparently did not leave the cupboard quite as bare as it looked with the records. I just think he just didn't translate the college kids. And I think I agree with you completely. Bielman's a great hire. Um, sometimes you don't know what you got until it's gone, right? And he didn't know how good he had it. He's kind of like Rich Rod, right? Or he was in West Virginia, could have been there forever. Never would have been fired. Bielma could have been in Wisconsin forever, you know, even though I think he went and kept asking for more and more money. Um, and that ultimately is why he went to Arkansas. Um, you got to be careful with those SEC schools. I mean, we talked about Shiano earlier. They want their own. They don't want any guys coming from anywhere else to coach down there. Uh, so I think this team is it's a good fit for what he wants to do. I don't know how many wins he can get out of them. I don't know where he can surprise someone, but I think he's going to. I, I think the over-under is four or three and a half. I like the four. I, I actually like the over here. They're not going to threaten anybody, but I just think they're going to going to be difficult to play against because they're going to go back to that boring Wisconsin football, which is pretty effective though, if you have the right guys. Absolutely. Q, what do you have for Illinois, buddy? Yeah, I have them. So last year they went two and six. I have them doubling their win total with Brett Belima. I think he gets back to, like you said, big 10 style football, which is a little more ground and pound than the SEC was. Um, I think he knows this system as a whole better. Um, I'm so glad Lovey Smith is out. It seemed like he was there for 25 years, but he was only there for five years. It looked um, like he was there for 25 years. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'm telling you. And I know I'm, I don't have to hear Smitty barge through a hotel room at three in the morning saying <laughs> he loves love Lovey Smith. Smith. <laughs> um, anyways, I think Brandon Peters will have a little more success with Belima. Um, I think, like you said, he translates to the college guys better. Um, as a whole than Lovey Smith did. And I think maybe he kind of got a reset when he went to the NFL and did a little time with um, with Bill, Bill Belichick. You know, I think that kind of maybe just cooled off the brakes, you know, kind of let him reset, refigure out what he wants to do and refocus and say, hey, man, I'm going to go back to where I was good. You know, he won three Big Ten titles with Wisconsin. So he obviously knows this league um, and how to win. Like you said, he's going to ground and pound, right, which is going to protect Brandon Peters from throwing a, uh, some, some mistake picks. Uh, but I think Brandon Peters has an arm, too, that will shock teams. You know, they're going to put eight in the box, and then he's going to air it out on you um, or run around you because, you know, he's, he's a decently effective runner at times. And I'm looking at their schedule, uh, two guaranteed wins, you know, Texas-San Antonio um, and Charlotte. So we're already at two wins. And then I think they could easily beat Nebraska. You know, I wouldn't think that that's a shock. I could see them beating Purdue. Um, I also could see them, you know, again, beating Rutgers, you know, if Rutgers has a bad day or beating Northwestern. So I think you get two easy wins and you only have to find two wins out of the next 10 games. You know, I think they could do it. So Matt has them at Matt has them at three and nine also. 
So Matt has the under with Illinois. So real quick, we're going to wrap up here in a minute or so, but a couple things really fast. So let's just go around and just say championship game to me, Ohio state, Wisconsin, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Wisconsin winning the big 10. Q, what do you have in the championship game? I have Ohio State being Wisconsin pretty handily, personally. Okay, Jason, what do you got? I am going to go with Ohio State over Purdue. Wow. <laughs> wow. No chance. I can't say oh. it was when he's picking Ohio State, Wisconsin. I, I just you know, I love it. There's always some surprise. North, nobody had Northwestern last year. And they came out of it, you know. Um, you just I, I would have cool. rather heard you say Iowa. I, you know, I would, I wanted to say Iowa when I reviewed this, but I really just think Iowa isn't really equipped to play Iowa style football this year. I think they've got some question marks on the lines that they usually never have. And that's, that's why I think that they're going to struggle a little more than I think people are thinking. I really think someone out of that group of four is going to shock kind of like Northwestern did last year. I just, you just kind of look and, you know, there's, you look at the skill talent, there's no real NFL guys except for maybe Bell at Purdue and the receiver in Minnesota. Like, you know, it's just kind of, it's going to be some really big 10 football of like, like Minnesota, obviously there's a lot of points there because the defense awful, but it's going to be some pretty grinded out football and Illinois. It's like they're joining in uh, as well with uh, bringing in Bielema and a team that's kind of built to play that way. Um, I just, you know, I, like I said, I don't think Wisconsin's quite as good. I think we're, we're assuming a lot with their development of their players um, that because they have done it. So it's fair. But I just think it's kind of more of a crapshoot on that side. It'll be fun. I think the East is going to be boring as heck, except for maybe who finishes second. I, I do think Michigan will surprise there. Um, I think Indiana, Penn State have some questions. I think Indiana's is kind of more of a come to earth kind of thing. And I think Penn State just defensively is just not built right uh, for Big Ten football. Um, well, so, so J- Jason's going to look like the smartest man in the room, or we're just going to really bash him all year with this yeah, pick. And I love it. I love, I love it, Jason. I mean, I. My jaw just hit the ground when you said that. I love that. So Matt has Ohio State against Wisconsin, and he also has Wisconsin winning, and he has Wisconsin in the final four. So there you go, people. Longer show, but, man, 14 teams, it's hard to get, and we're opinionated people. But, man, some shows don't really dive in like we do. We dove in a lot tonight with the Big Ten. So hopefully you'll take some of our advice there put some money on, win some games, and win some money this year. So uh, we're excited, though, this week. We're going to do another show. We're going to go to the MAC and have a little MAC action. And we have a a really good guest coming on with us. Um, Q, should we drop it on the show or should we just put it out? How do you want to handle this, bud? Yeah, just drop it. I mean, he's he's announcing on his show, you know, we're going to have Skippy for Big Fat Winners. you know, he's a longtime friend of ours. You know, they have a great podcast. You know, they support us. We support them. Uh, you know, he's tons of knowledge, especially over and unders. You know, the guy um, has been doing it for, you know, years and years. So he's, he's extensive knowledge. You know, Jason, this will be the first time you get to meet him. Uh, he's a little on the uh, on the wild side, you know, but in a good way. We have a lot of fun with him. Um, so we're, we're going to do the Mac. You know, a little maxion. I love that conference. You know, a lot of overrunners there. So we're going to be talking that. Um, win totals, you know, the whole thing. And uh, real quick before I, I kind of let you guys end the show, you know, these conference preview shows run a little bit long. You know, we understand um, as listeners to other podcasts, you know, and as producers and co-hosts of this podcast, you know, we try to keep our shows 
you know, 30, 40 minutes on our quick hits uh, and then about an hour for our weekday shows. But when you have to break down conferences, you know, with two, three, four guys, um, you know, to really give our fans the knowledge, the advice, you know, the in-depth, the research, so they don't have to go do it. You really have to do stretch shows. So please bear with us for a couple more longer shows. Uh, I promise the other ones will get a little bit shorter. Uh, but we don't want to give you guys any misinformation or, you know, keep things from you. So. And again, check out Big Fat Winners. They did their first show last Tuesday. They're going to drop another one this week. So give them a listen. And again, we're going to have the privilege to have Skippy with us. So that's all I have, boys. Any uh, final say here with the Big Ten Conference? I think it's going to be pretty boring this year. Oh, my goodness. Big Ten football's never boring. So. <laughs> well, again, we hope you enjoyed it. Again, we're going to drop this. We'll be dropping the Mac action with our guests coming up. Get your notebooks. Write down some information. Find those winners, people. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.